December 20th, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. Then I, John, was given a measuring stick, and I was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshipers, but do not measure the outer courtyard, for it has been turned over to the nations. They will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in sackcloth and will prophesy during those one thousand two hundred sixty days. These two prophets are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of all the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes from the mouths of the prophets and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. They have power to shut the skies, so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy, and they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood, and to send every kind of plague upon the earth as often as they wish. When they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them. He will conquer them and kill them, and their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city which is called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. And for three and a half days all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will come to stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. But after three and a half days, the spirit of life from God entered them, and they stood up, and terror struck all who were staring at them. Then a loud voice shouted from heaven, Come up here! And they rose to heaven in a cloud, as their enemies watched. And in the same hour, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. Seven thousand people died in that earthquake and everyone who did not die was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second terror is past, but look, now the third terror is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, The whole world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever and the twenty-four elders, sitting on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshipped Him. And they said, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the One who is and who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry with you, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants. You will reward your prophets and your holy people. All who fear your name, from the least to the greatest, and you will destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. Then, in heaven, the temple of God was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thunder crashed and roared, there was a great hailstorm, and the world was shaken by a mighty earthquake. This week's Bible meditation, Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion 
until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this passage. Verse 24. Now I'm going to put emphasis on the personal pronoun I. For I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from the lands. And I will bring you into your own land. Verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Do you recognize the pattern there? It's all about God. He says, for I will gather you from the nations. Separation. Separation. I will take you out of there. And I will do it with a strong hand. You no longer have regeneration in preaching. Have nothing. Nothing. If there is no work of separation in your life recognizable at any point in time, you're lost. You say, oh, Brother Paul, if I say that, they'll kill me. Then die! I'll lose my... Then lose your home! It'll cost me. Then make the payment. Don't tell me about that. How many do we have? How many men who have good theology but they are too cowardly to preach it? Because it'll get me in trouble. What do you expect it to do? Preaching to a largely unregenerate church body. What do you expect them to do to you? But how is it going to change? Except we suffer. Worst thing that ever happened to a preacher is he becomes civilized. It's worthless. Worthless. One thing I noticed about Leonard Ravenhill, and I'd take a Leonard Ravenhill over 20 dead Calvinists. He was dangerous. He was dangerous. We ought to be men of love, men with towels, men who weep, men who serve. But we ought to be dangerous about truth. Do you really expect to get out of this unscathed? Without any scars? All the ones who have gone before us, their blood, they shed. Howell Harris, Daniel Rollins, Whitfield, the two Wesley boys, even Edwards himself, look what it costs. And it's the same thing in their day that it is in ours. Do you see that? What was going on? I'll tell you what was going on. You've been baptized as an infant, you're in the church. Even though you're unregenerate, you're in the church. You're in the church. You got in. Why? Because you went through some man-made superstitious thing. We are no different. It's just we don't have infant baptism. We have that silly superstitious prayer at the end of a Roman road that sends more people to hell than every brothel in this country. It's true. It's true. There are no bridges to build between the two camps. There are no truces to be sought after. We are dealing with the gospel. And whether someone preaches it correctly or not. And if they do not, they do not. Because it's all about God. Salvation is all about the work of God demonstrating the glory of God. And that is why men such as ourselves should guard it so severely. And preach it so carefully.
because it's all about God and His name. That His name be great among the nations. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's all about God. It's true. It's all about God. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 24, for the choir director, a Psalm of David. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my every thought when far away. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You know what I am going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You both precede and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to know. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God! They are innumerable. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. O oh God! If only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies take your name in vain. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who resist you? Yes, I hate them with complete hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Proverbs 30, verses 15 and 16. The leech has two suckers that cry out, More, more. 
there are three other things, no, four, that are never satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, the blazing fire.